Hello, gin, gin, gin. As you can guess, this is an episode about gin. This is a podcast called Dr. Scoff and the Prof, and I am Dr. Clay Granston, lecturer in marketing at Liverpool Hope University. I'm Dr. Bryce Evans, associate professor in history, and our topic this week on this food studies, food history pod is gin, the great drink of gin. Indeed, indeed. But before we get to that, We've got to talk about the name of the show, which I know, what, we're we 13 episodes in now? The perennial gag, as regular listeners know, is that I, I don't like the name of this podcast. So have we had any alternative suggestions? <clears throat> We've had some belters this time. Go on. Um, it's, it's very difficult to find a gag about gin. It's a difficult word to put into a uh, pun. But some people have done it very well. Uh, I've got, obviously, I've gone to the, the web to the social media. The World Wide Web. The World Wide Web, yeah. www.drscarfandtheprof. <laughs> no, I used, I used the uh, Twitter account. Okay then, go on. What have we got? First one, let the fun begin. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. Do you like that one? No. Oh. Uh, this one I'm, I think is particularly good. Bombay Satire. Oh, that's, that's very good. It's a bit highbrow, isn't it? Bombay satire. That's very. That's very good, actually. Yeah. yeah. And then I struggled after that. Um, it dried up. I dried up. And dry, a, a dry gin. A dry gin. I dried up, and uh, I just thought I just find find a really good dad joke. Go on. Episode. Uh, Bryce. Uh, well, what do ghosts like to drink? Gin. Oh, they'll drink anything with booze. I don't really get that. You don't get that. I need an explanation. Ooh. It's like when you tell a joke to your mother, and they, you know, usually with my mum, she sort of just I like ask. You have to deconstruct the joke afterwards. Okay, so. what what noise does a does a ghost make? Ooh, boo! Ah, uh, with booze. Well, it's not really a boo. Like a boo is more football hooligan. Boo! It, you know, That's a ghost is more woo. Your types of ghosts, maybe, but the the archetypal ghost is a boo. Okay, there you are. I mean, that joke wouldn't even make a Christmas cracker, would it? I mean, it's just very subpar. I think Bombay satire is very good. I mean, we don't really do satire. We here. don't. We don't. But even um, still, it's very good. I think that's a very good one. Good, very good one. Who, who offered that one up? Uh, that was from X-Ray Cat. He's very good on these, isn't he? He is extremely good. Fair play to him. Extremely good. Very good. So anyway, uh, enough uh, hang-ups on uh, how, to, how, to, how to work out jokes. Let's do our, our next part, which is Gin in the News. Gin in the News. Gin in the News. So... I had a look, and just to see what was going on in the in the world of gin. I, I know, obviously, it's a big trend at the moment. The new gin. we're living in the age of the new gin craze. We are, we are. Well, we'll maybe touch on that a little bit later on. So, a gin recently won. This was only a couple of days ago. An Irish gin won the world's best gin at the Gin Awards uh, from. Kerry, I believe this is from from your. Uh... No, it's from Kerry. Is it? So my yeah, my folks are from Kerry in, in Kerry. the in the Republic. Yeah. There we go. And it was a, a Dingle, uh, the town of Dingle. Oh, okay, there you go. Dingle. So uh, that's quite interesting. I think I'll discuss that in a second. In terms of the, you know, the that would be pr- predominantly a Catholic part of nominally Catholic part of the country. And I'm, we're going to get into that in a second. The, the Protestant identity around gin. Okay. Well. I thought I'd embellish on that gin in the news and maybe this might give a bit of a, a grounding to why gin has become such a fad. Uh, I say a fad, it's not really a fad, is it? A, a craze. trend, a craze. Yeah. Since 2010, there's been about 620% rise in distilleries. Mm. So the market's 
going with going with the uh, consumer. Now, are we talking just some fella in his bathtub, or are we talking? No, you, there's certain rules and regs to to become an official distillery. Mm. So these are official distilleries, six hundred twenty percent rise, uh, and also uh, with this rise and with with the trend we're seeing in people wanting gin and gin related products, mm. the industry is also trying to crack down on. The so-called fake gins. Okay, so what's real gin then? Well, real gin should be, uh, it should have an ABV uh, of 37 and a half. That's mm-hmm. the minimum it should have. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a spirit mm-hmm. essentially mm-hmm. that's then flavoured with juniper berries and that mm-hmm. needs to be the main flavouring within it. Okay. And that you're allowed to use lots of other botanicals and lots of other gins do use many other botanicals, a whole yeah. range of things. You have so many different flavours these days, don't you? You do, but it has to be, to be called a gin, it has to be mainly flavoured with juniper berries. Okay. So the crackdown is around, the, you may have seen them in the store, uh, sort of crazy gin liqueurs, and they're using the word gin, and it's actually just a liqueur, mm. yeah, gin-based yeah. liqueur, and they're way below 37%. Mm. And I, I found one that was um, Unicorn Tears Gin Liqueur, which is mm. just, again, two trends squashed together. Another mm. one I saw was Marshmallow Gin Liqueur, and essentially... The industry's getting sick of it, sort of saying, very, we, make, we make real gin. Very silly. It is a bit silly. Silly behaviour. It's silly. So what were you going to say uh, about... Well, gin is traditionally in, the, in these isles, yeah. in the, the British isles, a, a Protestant drink. Really? Which is quite interesting that a gin from Kerry in the Republic of Ireland... Not Derry. No, Derry would be a different story, but yeah. Kerry has won this award because... Actually, Derry comes into this because it goes back to the 17th century okay. and to the whole sort of religious conflict and wars at that time. Because gin is really associated with King Billy, King William III, who comes in, well, invades. William of Orange? Know. William of Orange. There we go. So King Billy, who's celebrated by people of the Unionist tradition in the north of Ireland today. Um, but King Billy, uh, when he comes in and takes the throne off the rightful heir, which was James II, who was a Catholic. Okay. Uh, and of course the Battle of the Boyne which is still commemorated up in the north of Ireland today King Billy really popularises gin drinking gin becomes a Protestant drink it's sort of a popular patriotic drink to display your Protestantism because of course um, King Billy is is not English at all he's Dutch Uh, and who is he opposed to? well he's opposed to the Catholic French because when he he, uh, defeats James II you know, James II is a Catholic, uh, brandy drinking, wine drinking. Okay. There's that association of essentially at that time, brandy, wine, French, Catholic. If you're Protestant, you're drinking gin. Hmm. And I assume the reason gin was being, or, or gin was brought over by William of Orange is that the Dutch have Genevere, which was sort of a malt-based mm. version, very early version of gin, mm. which obviously was different. Yes. The, the British have their own version of it yeah. essentially well it's been introduced before him but i think it really becomes popular under him because uh, it's also a sort of economic war you know he okay. wants to impose taxes on brandy on wine because they're coming from catholic france and of course what happens to james james ii is that he flees mm. um leading to his um uh, his title in in, in popular irish gaelic a shamia kaka okay james the Pooh. <laughs> Uh, because he fled the battlefield. Right. And of course, then his descendants... And that made him a poo. Well, he, yeah, he sold out, didn't he? And okay. he ran away. But the, the whole Jacobite tradition then, which I'm sure you write, the sort of romantic Catholic tradition in England, which was a part of... Obviously, King Billy opens the gate for, in my opinion, the, the worst monarchs we've had in, in this right. country. The Hanoverians, the German Protestants. Okay. Then. 
But of course, the Jacobite tradition, you've heard of Bonnie, Prince Charlie and that whole Scottish thing goes on. And that leads to the great Jacobite toasts because of obviously King Billy, you know, who popularised gin, but then who died, fell off his horse because a mole popped up. Really? Yeah, and he tripped, the horse tripped over the mole. So again, the Jacobite toast, we raise our glasses. Yeah. The Jacobite toast, the sort of traditional Catholic toast would be to the little gentleman in the grey moleskin waistcoat. Okay. Nice. We're toasting the mole there. Hmm. Hmm. And of course, another Scottish Jacobite toast would be to the king. Yeah, to the king. You can see what I'm doing. My, You're swirling your glass, yeah. The king across the water, i.e. the rightful Catholic uh, king in France. I see. So there now, you go. When we were doing a little bit of uh, research about this, I found that, um, you obviously know far more than I do, but the uh, there's a famous picture, like the gin plague. Oh, Hogarth, yeah. Hogarth, So yeah. it's a little bit later, so... Middle of the 18th century. Yeah. And coincides with the gin. So King Billy popularises it in the 1690s. It then becomes so popular that by the sort of mid-1700s, it's associated with a bit of a sort of moral panic yeah. about the social ill effects of gin. So that's when you famously get Hogarth's Gin Lane, or is it Gin Alley? I can't remember. Gin Alley, I think. Gin Alley, where you've got the, the, the mother spilling the baby because yeah. she's so ruined on gin, that kind of thing. Do you know, that's actually part of a pair I read a bit about beer, it. Beer, the, and the beer, beer one, street. it was trying to, and it was everybody was a lot more uh, yeah, it's weaker, well to do. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's it's the sort of growth, I suppose, that we got in the 18th century of the growth of the English state under the Hanoverians, the um, intensification of the amount of laws sort of geared against the poor and the working class, oh. the intensification of privatisation as the state grows. So I suppose, although King Billy popularised it as a, as a popular Protestant working class drink, and if you think about the forging of Britishness and British identity at that time, it's, a, it's based around Protestantism as opposed right. to Catholic France or Spain. But by the time we get into the 1750s and the Gin Acts, which uh, I think is about 15 Acts of Parliament, which restrict gin. Right. Because it's becoming too much of a sort of uh, moral panic around its social effects. And, and there's a lot of sort of classism there, isn't it? You know, I mean, Hogarth, I think, definitely was concerned with the fate of the poor. Sure. But it was also to do with, you know, how dare the poor have, you know, the kind of feckless, uh, carefree, drunken existence that the aristocracy might enjoy. So oh. there's a lot of things going on there. And then that was sort of the birth of the temperance, was it? Temperance? I suppose reason? temperance coming in, flourishes really in the Victorian period, okay. doesn't it? When, by, by which point gin is sort of coming back. You've got sort of the, gin, the great gin palaces yeah. in London, etc. Oh. But initially it's a Protestant drink. Great. It's um, popular Protestantism. Well, I thought... This is probably a good time to talk about some gin facts. Yes. So I've got a great new jingle. I know how much you like my jingles. A jingle. A j- very good. Very good. Why didn't I think of that? Okay. Right. Are going to hear it? Yeah, we're going to hear it now. Facts. Uh, saviour of the universe. Oh, Jesus. What's wrong with that one? I put my heart and soul in that. You can any better, do they? You say that every week. Because they get worse every week. <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's talk about some gin facts. There are loads of facts about gin. I thought I'd pick probably some of the most interesting ones. The first of which, obviously, gin tends to be drunk with tonic. So mm-hmm. do you know the history of tonic and why we, why we drink it with gin? Well, British Empire. Yes, exactly. India, yeah. anti-malarial. Anti-malarial. Because the quinine. Because the quinine, exactly. The tonic, so yeah. the tonic tasted terrible. It mm. has a very bitter, bitter, bitter taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes from the bark of a tree, quinine. Mm-hmm. And yes, exactly. You drink it and it stops you getting malaria. And uh, British being British, stuck in, 
Stuck gin in it to make it taste better. Churchill attributed it to his sort of survival when he was uh, yeah. in the far-flung reaches of the Empire. He was quite sort of pickled wasn't he? <laughs> throughout his life. So, yeah, okay. Uh, the other one I thought that was really interesting was, um, I, I mentioned before that juniper is the main flavouring. Yes, It's indeed. the main flavour. Yeah. Now, the berries they pick for the juniper, um, they are harvested from the wild, so they're not cultivated. So we think about, uh, I don't know, cider. They come from orchards, which are, which are sort of man-made, cultivated sort of spaces. Mm. But juniper's not. And that's quite astounding when you think about the amount of gin that's produced every mm. year. And totally, especially yeah. the growth of gin that we mentioned before, though, that's mm. sort of 600 plus percent mm-hmm. of distilleries opening up. It's all just picked in the wild. Mm. Um, tends to come from the Mediterranean, it, it seems, as well. Some, um, some of the best juniper berries that's around. Interesting. And the one I kind of touched on before, that, that essentially... Gin, a lot of people don't realise this, but gin is really a flavoured spirit. So yeah. in the same way that vodka is made from sort of grain and exactly the same thing. You yeah. can get a gin which is made from essentially the same thing, but then it's flavoured. A yeah. lot of people think that it's made from juniper berries, but juniper berries are just added as flavouring as well yeah. as those other botanicals. Yeah. So those of you who go out there and say, I don't like vodka, but I like gin, well, you're kind of drinking just a flavoured gin, yeah. potentially. Yeah. So I think they're probably the three biggest takeaways gin takeaways to think about now i was thinking about what to make you because i have a background in hospitality so uh, i know quite a bit about gin and i know quite quite a few very good drinks so i've gone mm. really classic this time um, mm. we're going to stop in a minute i'm going to go take you to my uh, to my kitchen mm. and i'm going to make a really good cocktail really classic classic cocktail well that's good because i must be honest, I think we mentioned faddishness earlier on. I think all these outlandishly fa- flavoured gins these days yeah. that tend to go for very high prices. Well, I mean, really, are you telling me that they're any better quality than your good old-fashioned beef eater? I think not. Debatably not. Debatably not. But it's become more fashionable. The price tags on them are debatable. I mean, they mm. are essentially... It's, it's the smoothness, the, mm. the, the, the flavours that you get in mm. the gin themselves. But I'm going to make you one that just brings out all the flavours in the spirits used. Okay. Um, it's not sweet. It's going to be quite... A, I'm actually going to make quite a savoury version of it as okay. well. Okay, will it be alcohol-free? Because, you know, I'm, I don't drink, so... Yeah, it's not going to be alcohol-free. If anything, it's going to be... There's going to be nothing but alcohol in it, in fact. Nice. So okay. um, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, but we'll be back in a sec. Okay. We're back from my kitchen. I've made a delicious, delicious drink. What do you think? What do you think about the look of it? I'm cradling it in my hand. Yeah, I feel like Sean Connery. You do, yeah. I have. If you haven't guessed, I've made a a martini, a dry martini. So the ingredients of a dry martini are dry vermouth, dry gin. This specific one I've made is a wet martini, which means that there's an extra vermouth. So when you go and ask for it for a martini, you can ask for it dry or wet. Mm. And that's just the amount of vermouth that they add to the base spirit, which could be gin or vodka. But Mm. obviously we're talking about gin. So this is gin. Mm. And I've also made it dirty and plopped an olive in. So dirty means that we add a bit of brine from the olive jar. So that's Mm, salty. Yeah. Yummy. Go on, take a taste. Tell me what you think. Well, it packs a punch. Oh, yeah, that's uh, a... packs a punch, all right? It's just essentially alcohol. It's just a glass of alcohol. 
Um, it's an American invention, if you can call it an invention, but it's an American cocktail. Uh, there is several stories, like most things around food, that I think we've probably touched upon, mm. that there are lots and lots of different stories about the provenance and the mm. sort of where it's come from. Uh, some stories say that it was in fact made around the time of the gold rush. Okay. And one Californian found a, a big haul of gold and went in and said, "Oh, give me some, give me something to drink. I want to celebrate." And they didn't have all the usual celebratory drinks, so he made some weird concoction. And That's it interesting. Like a cause... Martinez. It was called a Martinez martini, but which has got lots and lots of other ingredients to it. Not. Well, this you'd associate the gold rush with rough frontiersmen, whereas this drink would, um, you know, it, it's quite a sophisticated drink. Yeah, this this, this, is, a, this is an iteration afterwards. Yeah. I think the Martinez one is basically a concoction of different... I tell you, it gets better uh, the more sips you take. Yeah, yeah. First sip, you know, and again, it's a good card-carrying lapsed Catholic, you know. Obviously, yeah. you wouldn't usually be drinking a Protestant drink no. like this, but... Um, you know, my initial revulsion, but the further I get down, it's sort of like, mmm. It's really nice. It's really, really nice. It's mm. a classic, though. It's, it's a real classic. You, you, if you don't like spirits, we don't like the taste of spirits, a lot of, a lot of drinks that we have sort of mask the spirit almost, a lot, mm. especially now, a lot of sweeter ones, a generation of people that, that essentially don't want to taste the spirit but want the effects of it. Almost. Yes, this is certainly um, leading from the front, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's, yes. it's a grown-up drink. Yeah. It's a serious grown-up drink. Um, so there's quite a lot around this as well, around these type of drinks, mm. um, around... I found another classic, which was a gimlet, mm-hmm, which yes. essentially is just gin and lime juice. And that's sort of associated with, like, the Roaring Twenties and that kind of era, isn't it? Yeah, the yeah, kind of, yeah. I mean, they dip in and out of fashion, yeah. these, these drinks. At the moment, a martini is not this type of martini. And mm. it's not a martini, I may add, as well. We say martini, but a traditional martini is a sweet vermouth, but we're having a dry martini, which mm. is using dry vermouth. Mm. And the reason it's called a martini as well is the glass it comes in, the martini. What gin have you classic. used? I've used uh, Plymouth, actually, so sort of a, you know, quite, quite a standard kind mm-hmm. of tasty gin. Mm-hmm. Um, What's your um, favourite gin, actually? That's a really good question, actually. Uh, I would say one of my favourites at the moment is one called Monkey 47, mm. which... Uh, comes in a really nice medicinal bottle. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds shape. really hipster. It's from Germany, actually. Is um, it? And they pick the botanicals from the Black Forest. And they pick 47 of the, the botanicals from the Black Forest. Really, really smooth, really mm. nice. And it has that kind of, uh, uh, as I said, it's a, a bit like a Hendrix bottle. If you've ever yeah. seen a Hendrix bottle, yes, anybody, it yeah. kind of looks very medicinal. Gin is a dark bottle, isn't it? Hendrix? It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, some of the gin bottles are iconic. You, know, you talked about Bombay Satire. The blue is sort of iconic, isn't it? Yeah. I think I was reading about going back to King Billy. One of the best-selling gins at the moment is a, a gin produced up in Hull. Okay. Called King Billy. Really? Yeah. Selling very well in Scotland, right? I think amongst members of the Protestant community yeah. in Glasgow, yeah, uh, probably. But that seems to be pretty on trend at the moment as well. Yeah, I mean, gin is extremely. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the glasses recently. They've got these big sort of bowl glasses that you see now. Mm. Essentially, that is a. Uh, it's come from Spain, yeah. it's, it, and it's just come into the into the fore again. But we're seeing more and more gin being drunk by younger uh, generations, which mm. is 
quite you know you think about the the thought of gin it used to be it's called mother's ruin etc yeah, and yeah. it didn't have a very and it was more of the upper class that it's very stuffy kind of drink well it is i mean it's interesting gin because it's it's the upper class drink but it's also the drink of the underclass and the victorian prostitute isn't it i mean it's historically so yeah yeah, yeah but not anymore not anymore no I was I was mentioning before that about the gimlet. I just want to just mm. finish off with a lot of these drinks and cocktails seem to come from the navy. Mm. Certainly the ones we've talked about mm. anyway. But a gimlet, as I mentioned, lime juice and gin, mm. and the tot, which was the amount of spirit it yeah. turned to rum at yeah, some point, rum, yeah. um, was gin at one point, and it was one hundred and fourteen proof. So yeah. you half that, and that usually gives you your ABV. So that's 60, what would that be, 60, quick math, 62? Uh, keep you going. No, it would be 62. It would be 57% is strong. Very, strong. very keep strong. you going on, on the high seas. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they used to add uh, lime juice to that to stop scurvy. Mm. That's one of the reasons that, uh, we're called limeys. Limeys, of course, yeah, the citrus fruits. But then that becomes rum, of course, doesn't it, with the Caribbean colonies? Yeah, yeah. But one of the, one of the um, byproducts of that is Rose's Cordial. Mm. So Rose's Cordial is quite a British staple. You can mm. check it out on the internet. It's everywhere. It's in all of our shops. And it's a, it's a very sort of luminescent sort of green it's got that cordial. splendid sort of arts and craftsy Victorian yeah. look to it. And well, that's yeah. one of the reasons it's actually, it came from all the way back then. The original mm. Roses did anyway. And that was a way to preserve or, or the, the lime juice for the journeys. Mm-hmm. They put it into a sort of a cordial style form. Mm. And that a gimlet essentially is just gin and this. So we're very luminescent. We've given a great episode here on the health benefits. There's no negative health no, benefits, nothing. of course. I don't think gin. It's good to be anti-malarial. It's good anti-scurvy, and exactly. there's no negative health benefits whatsoever. Yeah, despite what Hogarth. Well, says. what is? Yeah. 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 What does he know? He didn't know anything. He, yeah. was good, he was good at what he did, but he didn't know anything about gin. Yeah. There were, of course, horror stories from that period of you know very poor women uh, even killing or selling their children really? in order to get more gin really yeah just a very very high dependence in that case uh, I, I, I reneged on everything we just said yes throw away that uh, cocktail in front <laughs> yeah, of you yeah yeah that's awful that's yeah. terrible so we're going to now move on to uh, your favourite part of life book corner book corner yeah and uh, we've I can see the book in front of us. This is a book that uh, we've used in the past, but I don't think for this particular... Well, it's from your library, Clay, but it's a good little number. I mean, it's a little number. It's Gin, A Global History. It's the Edible series published by Reaction Publishers, and I think we mentioned before... We have, yeah. They did a lot of these, didn't they, around every foodstuff drink you can imagine. So it's a nice little book. I mean, it's not any great detail there, but it gives the sort of potted history of gin, which essentially we've relayed... I'm pleased to see towards the end it does include Snoop Doggy Dog's 1994 hit uh, Gin and Juice, you know, Sipping on Gin and Juice, remember Indeed, that Indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it really has the whole kit and caboodle in there. Um, You're a big fan of these books, aren't you? I know you've mentioned I think they're good because they're a good, uh, forgive the pun, you know, digested history of, you know, five, six, seven hundred years of uh, a product. Could we, you know, if, if we were going to put something in the inside sleeve, a quote from you... You know, would it be something like a good toilet read? Yeah, well, yeah, I think I mean I probably would would come up with something a little bit more, um, you know, uh, you know, more appropriate than that. But but yeah, they are a good, they're they're a good. Yeah, it's not it's not a huge tome, but it's a good sort of potted history of gin. But then again, we we've kind of provided a potted history of gin on this very podcast. But yeah. if you want to learn a little bit more, it's by Leslie Jacobs Solmanson. That's Gin: A Global History. Great. Well, just before we go, we started saying this last week, but if you if you have listened to this and you do enjoy it, 
and I hope you have enjoyed it. Tell your friends, tell your family, mm-hmm. tell 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 people in the street. Just stop them and just go. Excuse me, if you mm-hmm. listen to Doctor Scoff and the Prof, preferably with a while well, you have a gin in hand. Some kind I of mean, gin, only gin exclusively if you have a yeah yeah. But if you do, you know, follow us on Twitter. Yeah. Um, as we mentioned last time, if you don't like it, don't don't tell anyone. Yeah, but Keep do harass people in the in the manner of a belligerent gin drunkard yeah. about this podcast. Good. I think that pretty much covers everything we wanted to say. Uh, so from Bombay Satire, goodbye. Till next time. <laughs>